Welcome to the End Time Manifesto, a podcast dedicated to navigating life's challenges through the Word of God. Come join Eve and Kaylee as they laugh, share stories, and empower you to live your best life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the End Time Manifesto. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Eva. And we are talking about what is your manifesto today. So we have talked a little bit about what a manifesto is, what our manifesto is, the anatomy of manifesto, importance of it, enemies to a manifesto, and all these things that we've had in this first kind of season of our podcast. And now we're just going to kind of put all that together and challenge you all to think about what your manifesto is. I was going to say, one of the things that I think is super important, God is a God of timing. And one of the things that we've talked about outside of the podcast is that um, I don't think it's a coincidence that this was our first podcast and it occurred right here in November, beginning of December, because what does everybody do January 1st? They make resolutions. Yeah. They all sit down. They make a resolution, which is a lot, a manifesto. They're manifesto for the year. And so I feel like, um, as we've talked about it outside of the podcast, I feel like this was a divine series that kind of put the importance of a manifesto and outlined characteristics of it so that we went into December armed and dangerous, ready to put pen to paper and commit to some things so that come January, we were empowered with the new manifesto. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest things that we focus on as a family is like, where are we going? Yeah. What are we doing? What's that next leg of our journey look like? And how are we going to tackle that head on and be faithful with it? And so one of the things that we have taken the time to do while we've been kind of developing this podcast as we go along is just taking inventory. Yeah. Going through what are we doing? Is this effective? How are we growing in this next season? Are we going from glory to glory or are we being backslidden and are we stagnant? Yeah. And um, we've talked about the who, the do, and the why. Um I think most of us, we probably don't call it a manifesto, but most of us, like I have a propensity to call it my inner constitution, most of us kind of have this inner constitution of a manifesto, the vision that we have for our life and and where we want to be and what we want to be doing. And, um, And the anatomy of it, And by pointing out the anatomy and the enemies, we kind of outline some areas of different characteristics that a manifesto is going to have, as well as some of the pitfalls that can prevent us from having a manifesto. Absolutely. I think kind of just tie it all together, like a manifesto doesn't have to look like exactly what we've said it is. Right. It doesn't have to look like ours. And you don't even have to call it a manifesto. It can be your inner constitution. It can be 
your expectation for your life. Mm-hmm. It can be a plan, a, to a New Year's list. resolution. Yeah, a New Year's resolution. It can be all these different things. And bottom line is, we don't care what you call it. Just get a roadmap. Yeah, you just have to have a vision. And you have to have something that you're working towards. Because we all have a purpose. We all have a plan. And so kind of, I guess, part of our manifesto is helping people realize like what they're called to do and being a cheerleader and encourager, a supporter of people just finding out what God's asked of them and to dig a little deeper and to ask yourself, do I know what I'm called to do or do I need to dig a little deeper? And I think it's important to mention again, every single person has a manifesto. God never created any individual without a plan, a purpose, and a destiny. He says, before I ever, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. We were created with a seed of destiny on the inside of us. And when I, we were just talking about um, the parable of the wedding feast or the great banquet, and it talks about it in Matthew and each one of the, the Gospels in the New Testament, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, even Thomas talk, they have different versions of that parable. Um, and the one that I want to talk about today is the Gospel of Luke. It's in the Gospel of Luke. And basically, to paraphrase that, um, a king was preparing a wedding banquet for his son, who was going to be getting married. And he told his servants to go out and invite all their friends and neighbors and all the the big society of their day and have them come to this wedding feast. And they went out and they invited everybody. And many of them had excuses um, like, I just bought a piece of land. I got to go out and see it. I just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to try them out. Please accept my regrets. They had all these excuses as to why they couldn't come. And so the slave went back and reported that to his master. And the king got really angry and really upset and said, go out into the highway and the byways, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. And he did. And they, and pretty soon, as we know, the palace was filled and there was tons of guests that showed up for the wedding feast. And we get back down to um, one of the scriptures that stuck out to me in that was many are called, but few are chosen. And I think that is so important to outline in a manifesto. And that's part of the reason why we have a manifesto, because we can have a destiny and we can be called to great things. But if we don't purpose to live our life, according to the roadmap that God has for us, the manifesto that he has for our lives, we can be good, but we will never be great. Absolutely. And one of the things that we were kind of talking about today too, is just that we do try to set ourselves apart. We we try to have a, a level of expectation for ourselves that comes from a spirit of excellence we don't do anything halfway. We we do everything wholehearted and we do it unto the glory of the Lord. And so while everyone has the thing that they're working on, 
there are things that if you don't follow the call of the Lord on your life, yeah, there are people who won't be reached because you have an assignment for them yeah. to bring God into their life, to be the only Jesus they see. There are people who are counting on us mm-hmm. outside of our own homes, outside of our own circle, yeah. which is obviously like our greatest ministry is in our homes. But there are people that you reach every day, whether at your job or at the supermarket or wherever you are, that if you don't be obedient to the Lord and do what he's called you to do, you won't reach. Yeah. And I think about the people that have all these excuses. Um, And that parable shows us that so many will reject being called by the king so many will have will go their own way so many will have excuses as to why they're not fulfilling their god-given destiny and we can apply that to our lives simply by saying it it boils down to your obedience to your willingness and it boils down to worthiness i think probably some of those people didn't go to the king's palace because they didn't feel worthy of being in the king's palace. I'm sure. Some of them didn't go because they just weren't willing to submit to the king. And so those are two things that we have to work out in our own flesh when it comes to our manifesto. None of us are worthy of a manifesto. But the Bible says even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even while we were tore up from the floor up an absolute teetotal mess and some of us are still working our salvation out some of us are still in in the muck and the mire and we haven't got it all figured out but even in those moments even while we were so unlovely christ had a manifesto for us and he created us and he knew from the foundation of time what we all the things we would do wrong all the mistakes that we would make, all the detours that we would take to get back through it. And I believe that the culmination of this podcast of a manifesto is God's invitation to our listeners and to our audience and to us as a family to say, what is going to be your manifesto for 2024? What are you, what are you believing me for? What are you stretching your faith out for? What is the focus of you? Some of us need to just refocus because some of the manifestos we're working on are not anointed of the Lord. I know that we had a conversation not too long ago about a particular manifesto that your dad and I had about um, moving. We knew that we were in transition about moving and, and I'm not afraid to admit, I'm not too holy to admit that, um, some of the things that we prayed were soulish prayers because that we prayed out of frustration, out of anxiety, out of just stress. And, and some of those prayers were allowed to occur. And I can remember grumbling just a month ago about a couple of little things. And I remember the Holy spirit very much so rebuked me and said, you know, I don't know what you're complaining for. This is exactly what you asked for. And he outlined and he said, now, are you satisfied with this manifesto? This was your manifesto. Or do you want to pick up my manifesto? May not be easy. May take a little bit of energy. It's going to take some time. It's going to require some faith. But I've got a better manifesto for you. So some of us need to lay down the manifestos that we have currently 
because some of those manifestos do not line up with the word. Absolutely. And I think one of the hard questions to ask too is, is my manifesto serving me or is it serving the kingdom? That's good. That's good right there. Because there are so many times in lives for whether it's the younger generation, the older generation, you know, what have you. I've encountered people of all walks of life in my life that you're like, how are they so deceived? How can they not see that God's not in that situation or this situation? But sometimes we'll pick out certain Bible verses or we'll pick out certain prayers that we've prayed or this or that. And they're all to make us feel better about the decisions we've made. Because when you're already in something, first of all, it's really hard when you've already put yourself in a situation that God never expected you to, to be walk in, it back that out. God never wanted you to be in to, to kind of backtrack yep. and to bring it back from that point. Yep. And, and it requires you laying down pride and maybe even being embarrassed humbling and yourself. humbling yourself to be able to take yourself out of those situations. But it's another thing too, that once you're in those situations, sometimes you're like, I've already come this far. I've already, you know, bought the t-shirt, yeah. paid for my, my entry fee. I'm here. Mm-hmm. So I have to make this work. Yeah. And it's, it, it's one of those things that sometimes we will use the word of God mm-hmm. and prayers that we pray to try to justify where we're at mm-hmm. instead of being like, this isn't where God had me. I missed it or I didn't miss it, but things have changed and situations have changed and God wants me to go a different route, but I'm not ready to let this go because this was my first dream. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to ask yourself the hard questions of, am I serving me or am I serving God? Am I serving the expectation I had, the dream I had, the wants and desires that I had, or am I following God's plan for my life? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we all will go before the white throne of judgment and we all will have to answer for how we lived our life. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things that we've been talking about, especially in our home lately, is you can do all the right things. You can prophesy, you can mm-hmm. heal the sick, you can raise the dead, and you can do all these great things in his honor. And he can still say, I never knew you yep. because you didn't have relationship with him. Mm-hmm. You didn't know him. You didn't get in his face. And so we do have to ask the hard questions. Yeah. Of, am I serving God or am I serving me? And that's am I justifying. And that's probably God? one of the most rawest, realest things that we can do in our own personal life is to just lay before the Lord. We had a conversation Saturday morning um, where uh, me, you and dad and Taylor were all talking. And I said, you know, I'm at a point in my life to where I don't even want my own manifesto anymore. I want God's manifesto for my life. If I got to lay in the carpet for 30 days, if I got to put down my work towards my doctorate in, in nursing, if I've got to put down you know, the home that the barnuminium that we're looking to build, if I've got to sacrifice my time away from my family for X amount of time to be able to seek the face of God, I want God's perfect will for my life. And I think that is critical to our manifesto. And I think that's one thing that, that God really wants to highlight in this last 
podcast of this series is making sure that our manifesto lines up with the word of God. It's going to cost us something. We already talked about the price of a manifesto, that a manifesto ain't cheap. It is not easy. That's why the Bible says in Matthew, many are called, but few are chosen. That is because very few people anymore will sacrifice. Absolutely. They don't want to lay their life down for the cause. They want their way. They want to satisfy their soulish, selfish desires, and they give no thought for the greater good. But like I told y'all from the time y'all were little bitty kids, the world is waiting on the gift that you carry, and you're the only one that carries your gift, and you've got to cultivate it, and you've got to grow it up. You've got to water it. You've got to tend to it. You've got to watch over it. And you've got to cause that thing to burst forth into bloom because lives hang in the balance awaiting the manifestation of your maturity, your coming into the kingdom. Lives are at stake. And it's important and imperative that our manifesto lines up with the manifesto that God has for us because lives hang in the balance. And we don't have time to play no absolutely not and that was another reason why we did this podcast we've we've toyed with the idea for a few years now and you know bought the equipment some time ago and it's just kind of sat and we've allowed you know work or school or family or all these things to kind of delay us in, in a sense and that's one of those things where we were just like, no, today's the day. Like, we don't know anything about it. We don't know how to do it. It may not all look as shiny and clean and pristine as we think it should or it will be. But we're got, we got to start. We got to do something. Yeah. And it is because time is ticking. We are running out of time. It is so abundantly clear in the body of Christ. Even people who are on social media platforms and all these other worldly things are like posting things around, you know, is this the apocalypse? We've got a pandemic. Like my religious friends are talking about the end of times and all these things. And there is a big wave of uncertainty Mm -hmm. in the world right now because you see on the media we're in unprecedented times Mm -hmm. like the world is changing the world is following god's timeline but god's people aren't at the helm they're not rising there's so many of us in younger generations older generations that have let how the world looks affect our outlook and we can't do that because if you look at what the world says and you listen to the lies of the enemy You're just going to become defeated. You're never going to pursue your own manifesto. You're never going to try to rise. None of those things that God's put on the inside of you are going to come to fruition. And I think, especially in my generation, one of the biggest things that is holding a lot of people back is comparison. Mm -hmm. Comparison is a lie from the pit of hell. It will cause you to look at everything that you don't have, everything you think you should have, everything that your neighbors got, but you don't have. Mm-hmm. And it will steal your joy. It'll steal your 
your your thunder, so to speak. It will steal the fire that you have in you mm -hmm. to pursue God's call for your life because you get stuck in that pity party of, Lord, this doesn't look like what I think because it should. You feel less qualified. Yeah. You and, feel less qualified. And you just don't feel like you, you're up to par with all the you same the other people in the room. And because you don't feel qualified, you automatically think that everybody else does it mm -hmm. and that God doesn't. Mm -hmm. and it's just a trick from the enemy. Yeah, it's a lie of the devil. And I think that there are probably even people listening that think, well, you know, I go to work and I provide for my family and I go to church and I do some of these things and I really don't see where I have any kind of special gifting or any kind of special ability. But God never, I think, I think part of it, I think there's a couple reasons or a couple of points to make on that. The first point is God never created junk. Everybody has a calling and a gifting. Everybody's got gifts, talents, and abilities. And he, he expects us, not just wants us to, not just encourages us, but he expects us to maximize those gifts, talents, and abilities. And the second part of that is that... Um, there are certain people we can't let the spirit of comparison cloud out what what god is trying to do in in our lives we've got to get to the point to where we are so focused on an audience of one and doing what we're called to do that we don't even see everything else around us and what everybody else is doing because we are so committed to the cause and i think that there are some people out there today that think you know they're unworthy that they don't have a gift talent or ability and that they what they feel they don't feel like what they have matters or that they have any kind of man, major manifesto in their life but it's those people the Bible says that he will take the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And whenever you step out in faith and you figure out what your manifesto is and what God's call for your life is, and you just take that first step and you begin to launch out, God will take your natural power and ability and add the super to it and do something supernatural through you that will confound all your critics and will confound all those people around you. Most people growing up in my high school probably would not have ever seen me as a doctorate level in college, working as a nurse practitioner, teaching at a college level. They would, I was born on the other, the wrong side of the tracks, from the south side of the kingdom, born to an alcoholic father and a third world immigrant mother, nobody would have thought I would have ever amounted to anything. But I refused to believe the lies of the enemy for my life. And I, ref I took all the things that occurred in my life and I refused to allow them to keep me bitter. And I became better and I grew from them. And I just developed this inner constitution. I'm, I know I'm going to be something great. I'm going to be something great. I'm not going to be a statistic. I'm going to be something bigger and better. And I'm going to be something great one day. I may look like crap right now. And I may not have it all together. And I might be tore up from the floor up right now. But one day, one day, 
I'm going to turn it all around and I'm going to change my life and I'm going to be somebody powerful and I'm going to be somebody worthy of honor. Absolutely. And I think there there's um, some a verse in, well, a couple of verses in Jeremiah. It's when God calls him to be a prophet. And I think it's super relevant for the conversation we're having right now. So it's a few verses. It's a little bit long, but I think it's very important and very impactful. It's Jeremiah 1, 4 through 10. And it says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I say, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said to the Lord, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to whom I shall send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put his hand on my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth, and see this day that I have set you over the nations and over kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. And it just goes to show, even Jeremiah, prophet of the nations that he was, did not think he was qualified. Mm-hmm. He, God came to him and gave him a calling, an honorable, sought-after gift from heaven, and a, a mantle upon his life. And he immediately said, Lord, I'm not worthy. I can't do that. And God said, you don't have to do that. I do it through you. Just be willing. Just be obedient. Just go where I send you. Just say what I tell you to say. I will prepare the way. You don't have to be rejected. I'm the one who they reject if they reject you. If they reject you, they reject me. Mm-hmm. It is not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of that person. And I think so many times we get hung up on, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to be at the center of attention and fail and flail and not be eloquent or say the right thing. Or, you know, Moses was hung up on the fact that he had a stutter and all these things that people in the natural can tell you that are holding them back, that are keeping them like in bondage and keeping them from reaching the potential that God sees them at and God has for them. They're worldly excuses. And an excuse is just a very well-planned lie. And it comes from the enemy. And it comes because we don't believe that God will do it through us. Mm -hmm. We can believe he'll do it through everybody else. We can believe that he'll use the Harvard professor to speak life into people's lives. We can believe that he'll use the pastor of the mega church and that he'll use all these eloquent, amazing people who obviously have their talents, gifts, and abilities on display for the world to see. But can he use me? Can he do it through someone who doesn't look like a somebody? And we look at the Bible and all throughout the Bible, we see these great men and women of God who went on like David ruled kingdoms. He was a king. We see these these phenomenal men and women of the Bible, and we idolize them, and we think, man, they must have been really something. Yeah, they had it all together. But Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Jacob was a liar. Moses was a murderer, and he couldn't talk. 
Gideon was terrified. Rahab was a prostitute. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah ran around preaching naked. Jonah ran from God. Job went bankrupt. Martha worried about everything. She had a spirit of fear. Even the disciples fell asleep when Jesus was getting, was, he was on the Mount of Olives praying, Lord, take this cup. If you can take this cup. They were lazy, went to sleep, and didn't perceive the danger that was imminent. So when we think, well, I've screwed my whole life up. I've made mistakes. I might be a convicted felon. I might be a failure. Everything I've tried has, fall, has failed. We're in good company because God does not call the qualified. He, he qualifies those that he calls, that he sets in position. All he needs is a willing vessel. And so this, the, at, towards the end of this podcast, we're going to issue a charge to you. Are you a willing vessel? God will take you in your mess and he will turn it into a message. All he needs is somebody who will rise up and say, you know what, Lord, I may not have it all together. This may not look, I may not look like anybody with a resume that is indicative of greatness, but I'm willing and I'll be obedient to rise up with the manifesto that you've created for my life. And as I step out in the natural, I'm going to ask you to do something supernatural in my life. And I'm going to lay everything down for this one thing, all my desires, all my wants, all my needs, all my fears, all my insecurities. I'm going to lay them all at your feet, but I'm going to rise up and I'm going to step up and I'm going to do that, which you've called me to do. Absolutely. And it's one of those things too. It's not coincidence that the people we think have it all together, mm -hmm. that the people who have big platforms are the people that when it's headlines are the people that you find out didn't really have it all together. They didn't really have everything perfect. There were skeletons in their closet that you'd never knew about mm -hmm. because you just get the highlight reel. You just get the perfect picture because that's what sells. That's what goes on TV. That's what looks good. In the day and age that we live in, in media and society, everyone gives you a highlight reel. Mm -hmm. It's not, they're not going to showcase it's not the their failures. Yep. They're not going to showcase their mistakes. They're not going to showcase all, all the bumps in the road that they had to go through to get to where you see them. So it, it's one of those things that you have to just come humbly to the throne of God. You have to come humbly to the foot of the cross and you have to say, I don't feel like I look like anything. I probably look like nothing in my sight. I'm not worthy. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. There is sometimes chaos that ensues in my life. But if you can do something with nothing, God, do something with me. I qualify. Yeah. I qualify. God qualifies. The, the murderer, he qualifies. The liar, he qualifies. The, the person with a speech impediment, the person with a disability, the person with a health issue. Like, no matter what it is that you think is your, but this God, 
but but this is what disqualifies me. But this is why people won't accept me. But this is why I can't preach your word. That very thing is what God will birth your ministry out of. Mm-hmm. And he will show it as a sign and a wonder to everyone you encounter that you are a testament to his goodness. You are a testament to his faithfulness because he can do it through you and he can do it through anybody else. Mm-hmm. So today, as we wrap up, we just want to pray that God, yeah. you are more real to them. Yeah. God, you absolutely open their eyes and open their hearts to ask those tough questions, that you give them the grace and wash them in your love when they don't always find good answers. But Lord, that you would show them that no matter what their past looks like, no matter what they may face in their day-to-day lives, no matter what they think disqualifies them to do work for your kingdom, that you would have everything they need because your grace is sufficient and you are bigger than any what ifs, buts, coulda, shoulda, wouldas that they may have in their mind and that you give them and illuminate to them what it is that you've called them to do for your kingdom. And we just thank you, Lord, that throughout the month of December, Lord, that this message um, and this series about manifesto would just resonate on the inside of them. I believe that you are a God of timing and there is an Issachar anointing upon this message, Lord, and that those who are listening to this message and to these, this series, Lord, will be changed based upon the word of God that has went forth from these podcasts in this series. I thank you, Lord God, that you begin to do a work in our listeners, Lord, that you would show them and reveal to them your plans, purposes, and precepts for them in this upcoming new year. And that all throughout the month of December, that their day would be interrupted with your presence coming in and, and just creatively ministering to them. I call forth gifts, talents, and abilities that have laid dormant on the inside of them to be resurrected and to come to the forefront. I thank you, Lord, that you have plans to prosper them and not to harm them, to give a hope and to give them a hope and a future in their final outcome. And I thank you, Lord, that the word of God will draw richly within them, that your purposes for them will be made known, that they will write the vision down, that all that see it can support them and rally with them and run this race with them in this new year. Thank you for listening to the End Time Manifesto. Be blessed. We have reached the end of today's show. Thank you for allowing us to share part of your day. If our conversation has inspired you or stirred your faith, why don't you drop us a line and let us know how we can pray for you. You can find us on all social media platforms at the End Time Manifesto. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on content and don't forget to leave us a review. Godspeed until we meet again next week.